in a world in crisis. Can three idiots find hope in the darkest of places? Will love conquer all, or will hate win out in the end? This is a show called Hate. Welcome to A Show Called Hate, a podcast in which we explore love, hate, and everything in between in search of greater meaning and perhaps a little perspective. I'm John. I'm Nick. I'm Chris. And something has come between us yet again. Yes, the internet. Well, I mean, yeah. the internet is, is, is the wonderful gift which is facilitating this conversation, but... Uh, yes, thank God. Yeah. I see, it, I see it as a blockage that we have to fight past. <laughs> Every time we sit down to record, I feel like I'm fighting the internet. I feel I feel like I'd rather be on the internet every time we sit down. Yeah. Well, we we've um, we've switched uh, streaming platform. Of course, we. Well, this is the first time we're using something called Skippy. Yeah, Squi- Squipe. <laughs> Skip Skippy. Skippy. I think you, Skip. I think you pronounce the Y in full, so it's Squipe. Yeah. I, I'm pretty sure. They, that's it. Yeah. yeah. I thought. Yeah. I think that's right. Yeah, I, yes. think it's t- I think it's Tibetan or something. I think, mm. that's, I think that's Tibetan. Language. It's it's Tibetan for talk via the digitalness. <laughs> yeah, that'll be it. Why why are we why are we recording remotely again? Is is it because yeah? Why Chris? Is it because of yeah, plague? Well, is it, it is my it of... is my fault technically because it is my fault. Um, I've hurt my back, so I decided I couldn't be bothered to cycle the five minutes to John's house. Maybe less. Maybe less. <laughs> Maybe less. <laughs> Maybe less. Um, and I thought I would do this episode from the comfort of my own home in my nice, comfortable jumper. Um, and and we do it uh, old school, if you like. Why? We've been doing the last three or four on personal, more personable terms. Yeah. Why don't Why don't you wear your comfortable jumper when you come round in person? I feel like I need to make an effort for you. Also, have- it has it has weird holes cut in weird places which yeah it's very it's it's a nice jumper actually it's just gray. we're all wearing grey it's worth pointing out i'm yeah, wearing i'm wearing blue actually but you yeah. just have oh, is that blue that's that's, that's the problem with the internet you can't see colors there you go see we're battling the internet again because of colors now yeah mine is a mine is a is a uh, it's a denim shirt it's a, Cana- mm. a canadian tuxedo as they say and uh yeah uh yeah it's kind of like a grayish a grayish blue yeah, like the piercing steel of my eyes when I'm staring out at the whale which took my hand. <laughs> yeah, that is how they describe grey more often than not. Yeah, a piercing grey, a piercing steel. Yeah, I also I did actually buy a grey. I did actually buy a grey shirt at the same time as I bought this shirt, which was last week. That's fascinating. It was a grey. It was. A... <laughs> well, you've got think you've gone full circle, John, because you always used to wear. Let's say dull colours. Uh, well, indeed. And yes. then you then you became incredibly colourful, and now you're reverting back to not dull, but certainly uh, plain. Well, I just had to fight it. I no, I no no, I had to stop fighting it. Is what I'm saying. Like for years, mm. I've been trying to wear any colour which isn't just light blue or grey. Yeah. And mm. uh, I eventually was like, well, I, I I don't own enough clothes. I've been living like an absolute tramp for seven months. I've got to go mm. buy something a little smarter. And, oh, so um, I think eventually you've just got to accept that uh, a nice, comfortable 
grey blue t-shirt or shirt or jumper is is where you're headed well, that's, well, in life. That's my point. Yeah, because I bought I bought a grey shirt which was also made of corduroy. So in the Venn diagram <laughs> of middle age, like I'm like, yeah. right in the that's, middle. Yeah, the two circles are actually fully overlaid. Like it just yeah. looks like one circle. It's, it's barely a Venn diagram at all. It's just a circle. It's a circle with a shadow behind it. Yeah, drop it's, shadow, and in the middle it just says old. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I also, and I think this was a turning point as well. I no longer cared that I was buying a regular. Oh no, that's the thing. Definitely, I I I care so little now about how I um, dress in terms of I'd rather be comfortable than look good. Well, exactly. That's the thing. I what I was going to say is they. I have bought two regular cut shirts have you yes not that's the way to sli- go not slim cut which is which yeah. is which is my so i don't think yeah. i've bought any clothes in over a year oh, I, we can't think, I was trying to think of the last time i bought a clothes mm, I, ca- no. I can't but then i, I bought do, some i, I bought some jeans on the internet um last week but i haven't actually opened the package yet i have a t-shirt i used to wear i still wear now that i wore when i was 15 it doesn't nice like hug me as nicely Shall we say, like it hugs me too tightly in many ways, but I still have it. It's shrunk, it's, it's shrunk in the wash. It's still Does, like, exactly it's still in my circulation. Knowing, knowing you, uh, Nick, it will have some knowing kind me. of slogan on it. Yeah, it's a Power Rangers T-shirt, so it there says Mighty Morphin Power Rangers on it. And there's nice. no G in Morphin. No, why would there be? Exactly. Surely, surely that. that how long have you had that shirt? I think since I was fifteen. Okay, so that's a, that's a good effort. Okay. And so I bought it when I was 15 for nostalgia. <laughs> so, that's, so that's saying something. <laughs> Surely, like, your body has changed in proportions since, mm. since you were 15. You haven't yeah, just grown it's more like It's more outward. like a bikini top now. Kind right, of. yeah. Like, yeah. But in a, thing in is, a things, things were baggier when we were young. They were. Clothes were baggier, well, and they, so they now fit us. It's back, though. The 90s. Yeah, it is a bit, which is terrifying. Yeah, I see all these young kids going around today in their snap bracelets and their, you know, in those massive shirts. like Exchanging their pogs. Now, what were those jeans called? The, um, uh, oh, like, really baggy ones. Well, like cargo pants were a big thing, weren't they? Yeah, Yeah. they had like an umbrella hook on them or something to hang your umbrella. (laughs) I don't know if that's what it was. (laughs) I reckon it was. Remember like combat pants or combat trousers? Yes. Combats. Like what like what yeah. Kim Possible wears. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> exactly like that. Pockets. I gotta say, I do miss the pockets. I do miss having like pockets mm. all the way down my legs. An array of pockets, if you Where know. am I supposed to put all my stuff now? Yeah. Exactly. In like, just about, in just two pockets. If I go down to the field to get conkers, I can <laughs> I was gonna say conkers. <laughs> <laughs> I can only come back with two or three. Well, it is yeah. conquer season. How did honest. how did you reinforce your conquers when you were young? Well, I did that vinegar. Oh, tears. Yeah, I tried tried the vinegar thing, but it didn't work. But I did um I did an oven thing. You got to like oh. slow cook it in the oven, super low temperature for like four hours or something. My mum wasn't happy because yeah. she kind of needed the oven, but I was like, no, <laughs> like, conquers. It's more. This is more important. And I think I got that oven cooked one to like a twenty five or something. It was pretty good. It was kind of legend on the playground for a little while. Nice. Wait, you say you say twenty five ever? That's counting the number of kills you've made. That's, that's, yeah, that's the had. amount of contests yeah. you've won with that particular conquest. But of course, the higher the age, the higher the the the, the level experience count. The more likely you are to break on your next one. So I got I got very precious as I got higher, obviously. Mm. But. God, you see, I was, ugh, God, I was so, 
I was such such a pathetic child because like, <laughs> as as, as, wow. as as Rayman will attest, terrible at sport. Yeah, I, I didn't want to say it. But well, yeah. Conkers isn't really a sport, but please go you'd, on. You'd think, wouldn't you? You'd think like, oh, <laughs> Conker, that's a novelty That's a novelty game at best. I bet John will shine. No. Yeah, this is like, his moment. No. Awful. I would, I, would, I would class it certainly in the playground as a sport. I think I remember like trying to vinegar, vinegarize a, a Conker mm. and just ending up with like a, a slightly tangy Conker. I didn't really. <laughs> yeah, I don't really. I don't really know in hindsight what the vinegar would have done to strengthen the conquer. I think it may have been a myth because surely it would break it down. It's a, it's a weak acid vinegar. Yeah. Like, I, think I, th- I think it made it nice and shiny. But apart from that, <laughs> oh, that you, might be it. Yeah. You yeah. can prove you can prove anything with science, Nick. Sorry. Yes, you can. Uh, there was another one which was varnishing, but I think I think that was... again wouldn't that just make it nice and shiny? Well, you'd have this like carapace of clear plastic around the outside of it, almost. Wouldn't you? Wait, that mm. seems very illegal. I think that was generally yeah. considered to be unfair if you varnished your conker. Yeah, because you could, you might as well just take a stone and paint it to look like a conker. <laughs> like it I think there was a kid's storybook that did that exact thing. Like he, uh, maybe it was Dennis the Menace or something. I don't know, but I'm sure I've seen an image of a boy painting a stone to look like a conker. I'm sh- I can see it in my mind. I used to um, because because none of my conkers were long for this world i i I kind of resign myself to the fact that they were like one hit wonders who are just gonna shout you were a a rubbish conkermon master wasn't it like conkers used to be so in demand that everyone would be like oh i couldn't find any conkers today yeah now i see them pissing everywhere i know and i don't need them now i needed them then i keep tripping over them if anything sorry i interrupted you john what were you saying about your bad conker oh i was I, i was just gonna say that like um I had a I had a sack of them one year because I was like you know I need I need I need some burners you know for when that when one yeah. dies I've got to have another one in reserve. Um, and I, I you know like a conker right it, it's round and it's shiny but it's got oh, that wow. little it's got that little circle on top of like yeah the weird kind of moldy circle I didn't yeah, like the yeah. feel of it yeah I I I painted not paint but like with a, with felt tip pens I'd put like patterns. On that, like war paint to intimidate. Yes, I remember other kids <laughs> doing that. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't ever do that because uh, I didn't want to compromise I, the natural structure. Yeah, I've never heard of that. No, no, I'm not I saying. Don't, I don't think. I don't think I ever did that. No, no, I think you were too busy winning. You're too, you're too busy. <laughs> Probably. You were a conquer jock. <laughs> yeah. Con- conquer jock. I was. A, I hey, was that a jonker. That's. I was that's a jonker. My, yeah. That's my new IP that I'm going to pitch to uh, Cartoon Network. Conquer jocks. <laughs> Why? How, I mean, I mean, screw po- screw Pokemon, like screw screw like uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, like rich think... roots in in Japanese folklore and like the oni and all these spirits. No, we no. need good, honest British conkers. Here's the thing: I think I think a lot of kids' TV shows are, are, are desperately trying to find that franchise where their 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 characters, their heroes, can do something incredible, but that the kids can also do it right. So Beyblade got pretty close, right? In the Beyblades uh, uh, cartoon, they had these spinning tops and then you could actually buy these spinning tops and you could play them, right? But it wasn't quite the same because in the anime they did all sorts of weird shit. I don't, I don't know, I don't know insult Raymang's understanding, but do we need a bit more context around what the hell a Beyblade is? You just said a load of words I didn't understand. Okay, I'll break it down. Beyblade is a a Japanese kids cartoon show. Sure. About uh, kids that fight with spinning tops. Oh. Okay. Um, And in a way, that's kind of clever from a toy merchandising perspective. Because then you could sell, and they did, 
the spinning tops and you could be like your favorite spinning top warrior off of the screen. <laughs> sure. But the problem was, is that the spinning tops in the show did a hell of a lot more than your average spinning top at home. So it was ultimately an in- incredible disappointment. Indeed, overall, yeah. I'd say. Well, it, it, it was kind of like falling back into like that Pokemon-y anime kind of trope. It would be like, I'm going to battle you with my spinning top. And then these two, <laughs> these two spinning tops would I mean, like... I mean, that would get you beat up on the playground. Absolutely. Come on, come on. But then those two, those two spinning tops would like, cling cling like yeah. just kind of bounce <laughs> off each other and they're like oh my god my my spinning top is losing is losing courage um i better believe really hard that no no gravity gravity and, and circular motion <laughs> by which by which time the kid in the playground has already beaten you up and taken your spinning top yeah and all your conkers and this is what and all your conkers. And this is what i'm getting at you see is that if you made a cartoon show about kids battling with conkers kids could actually do that conker jocks conker jocks Call me Netflix. We should, yeah, we should, we should put that together. Weekdays on Cartoon Network. It's Conquer Chucks. Straight after Dexter's Laboratory. Before kids. Straight, straight after, straight after Johnny Bravo and Dexter's Laboratory. There you go. Yeah, there you go. Conquer Chucks. The formula here, though, is that the main character, let's call him like uh, Ash Chess. Chestnut or something like that. Ash Chestnut. So are we saying that the the jocks are the Conkers themselves? Or are they people? No, I think I think if you're a conquer jock, if you wield <laughs> the power of the con- okay. <laughs> the conquer. Do you ever hear right. a word I, yeah, or a I'm collection of words and just think, I know that's not racist, but it sounds a little racist. <laughs> that's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be so honest, am I allowed so- to say this? If someone <laughs> leant out of a car window and screamed conquer jock <laughs> at me. <laughs> <laughs> Pokemon logic, the main character, um, Horse Chestnut, or whatever his name is. Uh, yeah. oh, brilliant. His first name's Horse. I love it already. Right. This is great. He would have to have an anthropomorphic conquer buddy. Yes. Who like? So the, are yeah, the conquers are the conquers like conscious? Sentient. Sentient. Well, yeah. I mean, I can I can see where we're going down the path of, of this, you know, this ideas room, and I don't want to say anything's off the table, but. The original brief, guys, was that kids could do the exact same thing that they see on the show, okay? This is where I was I don't, I don't, from. I don't think we've got much of a show, if that's the case. <laughs> I'm tired right. of your naysaying, Chris Ray. <laughs> I want a really boring, down-to-earth, like, really physics-led story about boys and girls and conkers and p- playground battles. That's what I want. What are the okay. pro? What are the pro techniques, though? How how do you how do you stretch out the drama of a conquer battle to like twenty two minutes? Mm, good point. Um, put a bit of spin on do it. it. Do it in really slow slow motion, but it's yeah, just one motion. hit. The whole episode is one hit. <laughs> it builds up to one. Su- hit. It's in such slow motion. It's one hit, but a, a thousand reaction shots. Like yeah, everyone's yeah. going. <gasps> The episode starts with him like beginning to swing the conquer, and then in the background, it's constantly going in super slow motion. But they montage over the top people's yeah. like thoughts and feelings, and maybe this time he'll do it. I don't think he can do it. That sort of thing. And then that drags out for twenty-two minute runtime, and then bam, impact end. Yeah. Or it. you have them imagining what might happen, and that's where you get all the super fantastical stuff. Yeah. And ultimately, like in real life, it's very disappointing. 
<laughs> it's an allegory for growing up. Yeah. Um, Plus the merchandise then will will be on point. But, yeah. but I was going to bring this up, actually. I, I feel the only flaw in what is otherwise, you know, a, a flawless plan yeah. is um, how do you monetize it? Because conkers literally grow on trees. The strings. <laughs> the strings. Yeah. It's, it's all about the strings. So, like, yeah. we, we build up some technical aspect in the show about the strings having, like, bearings in them and, like, pistons yeah. and stuff. Um, but really, they're just different colours. And then we just sell conker strings. <laughs> We sell conker strings for like five quid a string or something. Okay, so yeah. no, I I'm not against it. I I, I, I we call it we call it like the time travel string or something. Yes, but it doesn't it one. doesn't it doesn't do it. It's just green. The chrono string. The chrono <laughs> string. Yeah, the chrono string is green. We'll let um, marketing figure that figure that out. They can do no, the hard work. Yeah, the pyro string that's red because of fire. Oh, yeah. you know, there you go. The cryo string is blue. This is this is writing itself, right? And I would say that the unique feature of the pyro string is that it is very flammable, but I cannot stress <laughs> enough how flammable each of the strings are. <laughs> All these so strings, good. yeah. It's so just the, the other ones are slightly less flammable, <laughs> yeah. but they are God still willing. very flammable. I mean, the but... slightest spark. I mean, I cannot stress <laughs> enough. <laughs> I mean, a static shock could just, like, that entire shop would go up in flames. I mean, the green ones... Like, the paint is an accelerant. Like, it actually burns quicker. And the only reason yeah. we got it onto the market was that was considered a mercy. Like we, tried people... to, um, we tried to get these strings CE marked, but the certification board just laughed. They just laughed. <laughs> There's no way that's going to be safe for children, they said. There's no way. The, the, the thing, se- is, thing is, people are too busy worrying about the fact we're literally selling something that grows on trees to actually investigate the strings. Exactly. And that's, and that's how perfect. we get away with it. And that's how we get away with it. As long as no one's recording this conversation, oh no! Yeah. <laughs> can we can we just talk very briefly about you? Met, you brought up Beyblades, and that's an I important did. thing, and that's culturally relevant even now. But <laughs> definitely. After Rev, I, I like to think of you as the everyman. Like you're Thank the you. you're a man of the people, salt of the earth. You ground us. <clears throat> well, I I still have no bloody idea what you're talking about. Okay, so but Pokemon, right? Cult- sure. Cultural phenomenon. Yeah, I yeah I know the Pokemon. Even you, the Pokemon. Even you the get po- it. The Pokemon, like like uh, Mr. Ticklemon, Mr. Bumpmon. Uh oh. Mi- little Miss Little Miss Sunshine Mon. Yeah, all of he- all the oh the Pokemon. Yeah, sure. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, By so, Roger Hargreaves. Pokemon. Pokemon, right? Massive, like <laughs> massive global phenomenon rumbles on today. And then all these other companies are like, oh, got to get in on this. What's our mm. Pokemon? How are we going to make it work? And it's actually really weird that the path they took was not, let's come up with our own card game or our own video game, was to go, what do kids, what do kids in the Victorian era play with? <laughs> and let's make it action and sci-fi. So I honestly think spinning it's, tops. It's, the, it's the best. It's the best idea, potentially. Of, of all of these. Because the thing about Pokemon is great, but these kids exist in another world where they basically make their pets fight each other equivalently to, like, an illegal cockfight, right? Yeah. There's there's nothing really... Like, all kids might have a pet at home, like a dog or a cat or whatever, but they can't send that dog or cat into battle. Well. Like, you can't actually... Yeah, okay. You can't actually do it. And that's why when I remember I first heard about Blade, Blade, Beyblade, I was like, that's genius. From a marketing and merchandising place, that's genius. 
but it is just a spinning top. That's the problem. You've got to do a lot of window dressing to make a spinning top exciting. Like I've never watched. Did they? <laughs> I've never watched Beyblade. I don't know if like the main character's spinning top has got a name or something like Pro- that. I, I don't know. I think Spino. Almost dead. Spino. I spin I'll, you. I will be. I'll be totally honest with you at this point. When you said Beyblade, I thought you were talking about a pornographic website. Okay. What? Beyblade. As in laid. Think about how you pronounce Babe it. Babe. Laid. I thought, uh, thought it was something mildly pornographic. Amazingly, I've never heard or thought that ever before. <laughs> See, that's, that's, why we're, that's why we're all such different people. It's amazing. You know, every, every time I think we've run out of things to talk about, like you, you think to yourself, that may be the first time in human history that anyone has ever said, when you said Beyblade, I thought you meant an erotic website. Yeah. <laughs> Like the, oh, isn't language fascinating? Like I reckon at least I reckon at least someone listening to this thought that the first time Nick said it. I reckon. Okay, uh, if you did, write in. Someone right address. now, someone right now is listening to this and nodding. Okay, and it's and it's probably me. <laughs> well, you are nodding right now. <laughs> I'm nodding whilst listening to this. Yes. Yeah. Can we can we take a moment just to remember if if Beyblade is the first among runners-up compared to Pokemon. Sure. Can we just take a moment to honour the other shitty Beyblade rip-offs, which didn't do half as well? Um, yeah, if you can think or know of any. Well, I, I wonder... I wonder. I, uh, Rayman, I apologise. You've lived... I'm, I'm not going to know any. You're a well-adjusted 30-something man. There's no way you mm. should know this. But after spinning tops, if you were like... What other playground um, toy could I turn into a Japanese anime franchise? What would you run with? Well, there's that stick and hoop that the Victorian kids used to Stick play and with. hoop? No, that's a very good idea. Didn't stick didn't happen. Hoop. The hoop could um, be alive. It could be called Hoop-chan, and you could beat it. No. What was the one, <laughs> and it was like a totem pole, yeah, like Yazoo's or something? Or is that a yogurt? Oh, you, Do you mean what? Ta- Yazoo's? Um, do you mean... They, had, they were little faces... Go 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 oh, oh, go goes. That's it. Go goes. Yeah, yeah. They were they were based on. They were um, good. They, they were, were great. Good. Yeah, they were based on um like um knuckles, like uh, pig 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 knuckles. Yeah, bones. Yeah, old bones. I think I think Yazoo probably is like a fromage fray of some kind. I think that's a milkshake. Oh, well, whatever. <laughs> well, so I liked it. Related to a yop, I feel. Yeah, yeah. love a yop. What about sure. you, John? What do you think would be a good children's game? Well, I know for a fact they did marbles. Did they? How did they make marbles badass? They were transforming marbles. Okay. They well, were little. Actually, what did cool. they? What did they transform into? Little little robots. Mm. Okay, I'm on board. They were like, and I, I swear this was like this was the Beyblade killer, and they were like little plastic marbles, and you'd flick them, and then they'd like they were spring loaded, and they kind of like just suddenly open into like a little robot. Oh, I have seen those in toy shops, but I never knew that they were meant to. They were based on marbles, but I suppose they do. They are balls, aren't they? Yeah. Huh. Surely a glass marble couldn't transform itself into a robot. It would be very brittle. Uh, Dangerous. It, <laughs> yeah. I mean, frankly, I'd be impressed. Surely, if... yeah. I, I I don't buy that a glass marble could turn into a fighting machine. Well, I think I think they were plastic. Well, then I I've, I'm I'm out. 
I think what they're basically saying is the Victorians were lacking in ambition, really. Yeah, like and they, plastic. They knew it was possible, they just never really tried. Um, yeah, but no, sounds about right. There was also another really weird one. I don't know what the hell this was based on. And it was like a cylinder, like a little cylinder, like the length of your finger. And right. you'd li- and you'd like, like spinning tops, but you'd kind of like, you'd flick it. Like you'd give it like a little spin with your finger and it would oh. kind of like shoot into battle against another one. But then it would right. kind of like, it would, a, a little robot would pop out of the middle. That's probably like the weirdest one I've ever, I've ever seen. I've just looked up transforming transforming marbles, and I've got a Japanese thing here called Bakugan. Yeah, Bakugan. Is that it? Yeah. Again. Yeah, yeah, there but... it is, Bakugan. Oh my god, they look kind of mental. Yeah. <laughs> Nick, kind of cool. I think yeah. I want one. <laughs> Nick is suddenly a hundred percent into it. Um, I'm, I'm on board. No, I've got Conquer Jocks to work on. It's fine. Yeah. No, it's, it still it still doesn't I work. Think, <laughs> I think Conquer Jocks is going to take it up every waking minute of our day now. We've got a lot of work to do to get some yeah. together for Netflix, I think. So yeah, yeah, we're gonna have to start workshopping that. Yeah. Jesus, we'll do that off air. Back again. What a world. Anyway, have we got a show to do? Anyway, oh yeah, yeah, the show. yeah, 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 that show thing. Yeah, um, we're just hanging out. Well, uh, format is king. Uh, yes. Who has a hate they'd like to bring to the table? I've got hate. Oh, oh, oh. goodness. So. The story about my hate is that I had a different hate, and oh. then and then I went. Uh, I just happened to glance at the show called Hate uh, site. Uh, no, not site. We don't have a site. What the hell? Do we have a Do we have a website? <laughs> no, we <laughs> don't. I didn't know that. <laughs> uh, the Facebook page and oh. someone, um, a lady called Liz. Oh, what um, a pretty name! <laughs> had had vocalised her hate, and I'm going to steal it because when I saw it, I was like, "My God, I feel so strongly about this. I have to talk about it." And I'm, I'm amazed it hadn't made it into the top level. So, Liz, I, I hope you understand that I'm honouring your hate by, by elevating it. I think you'll agree it's elevation. I'm just glad a man could finally step in yeah. and take credit for something a I'm... woman did. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Just finally, you know. It's about, it's about time, isn't it? It's about, Am I right, it's fellas? About time. <laughs> so, Liz... I, I'm, a, I'm a white male, aged 18 to 35. Everybody <laughs> listens to what I say. And you will now, so sit down. <laughs> Um, Liz very rightly pointed out, and I'm sure we've all seen them, the ads on uh, the internet for this 3D printing pen. Oh, yes. And it, it, See, I, I, I saw this video when uh, it was being posted by this particular listener, because I happened to be next to them at the time. Oh, really? You know um, her? What a small I know world. her, yeah. I what do a small her. world. What, yes. I, it's unbelievable, isn't it? It's crazy. Um, and yes, I've watched this video. I'd never heard of it before that, though. I right, so three, I'd never heard of a three D pen before that. Video. I think I, I think I, I think they were made or invented quite a while ago, like a good few years ago. But they've only started advertising them in this certain way now, which is to sort of suggest a myriad of near impossible things that this pen is capable of. <laughs> and it's just so hard to believe that any of them are even slightly true. It's ridiculous. It's absolutely the, the, ridiculous. The main issue I had was that they broke a perfectly good version of what it already was in mm. order to make it out of the three D pen. Yep. Like they broke a pair of glasses. Yep. Um, they pop the lenses out of glasses and yeah. then they use the pen to write a new frame for the glasses, which okay. looks arguably shitter than oh, it the did glasses did before. Definitely it did. I've not seen this ad. I think I know the product you're talking about, but just let's boil it down. In the okay. simplest terms, what is this product? So well, I don't, looks... I don't know how you can talk about a 3D pen in terms of a description 
when the title of it literally describes what it is. The thing is, I'm holding a 3D pen. Oh, like right oh now. he's right. That looks right, like a pencil. Well, it's a pencil, right. yeah, but my point is, it, <laughs> I'm touching it, it's real. Okay. But, and it exists in three axes. Well, all right, the ink, the ink that comes out of this pen is three-dimensional. So the way, the way I think it works is that it's like, it's quite a thick pen, and I think you load it with like plastic granules or something like that. It heats the plastic up, and then plastic filament comes out of the end of it, right? Mm. And you start it on some on a surface. So let's say you blob it onto a desk, and then you essentially write up into the air. But because it's feeding filament out and drying incredibly quickly, when you disconnect, you do have apparently a stick of wire just flopping around in the air, and you've just drawn that into the air. Now I can believe that's possible, right? But there's one where in, so so the video consists of all the ways you can use this amazing three D printing pen. Right. And one of them is cut a watermelon in half and flap it down onto a desk oh, yeah. <laughs> on the, the, the cut side down. Right. So you've just got a dome now sticking up on your okay. desk. Okay. And then you use the pen to draw arcs over the top of this watermelon. And it shows accelerated film. But this must take four <laughs> to five hours of doing this because you have to do millions of them until you've created a dome of plastic around this watermelon. And then you just apparently just lift that off. And now you've got a cool hat. But it looks, everything in that film looked shit. Looks so shit. It looks like it's come out of a plastic mould that's gone wrong in a factory. That's mm. what it looks like. It looks like it's been semi-melted. Looks like a reject. There's one where um, uh, there's like a wooden chair and the chair breaks in a sort of comedy scene and the middle section is missing. So there's just the frame where the seat would normally sit in a chair. Well, you can't and- use that anymore. Can't use that oh, chair. That's, oh, that's, that's not a working think, chair. You think so? You'll just have to eat it like everyone else. Oh, no, mm. wait. Um, you could draw a few strands across the chair one that's way and the other way, and then she just sits down in it. And it's like there's no way it's strong enough to hold that. I've not seen the ad. I don't know the product. That is a lie. <laughs> it is a lie. 100% there's a skateboard lie. as well. There's a skateboard oh, missing a wheel missing that, they, that they take out of a, a dumpster uh, or a bin, if you will. Um... <laughs> And they and they draw around the wheel, and they then use that as another wheel and attach it to the skateboard. But it's but what hollow. They've, what they've drawn is a cage. It looks like a wheel. Yeah. It looks like a little cage of plastic. There's no way it would support any weight at all, let alone the weight of a person. It's mad. Why? Why were these pens invented? It, I think they're genuine. I think, that's a genuine question. I think they're a gimmick. Like I think they're just like uh, basically a toy attempt at a three D printer. Yeah. Like oh, look. but I don't I don't know what their use is. I don't know why they ex- why they are a thing. I don't no. understand. I wish they did. What their purpose is? Like I, a pen, a standard pen is for writing down things so you don't remember, you don't forget them. Well, what if you see what if you see as a far cube as I understand you need it. to remember that cube that you saw? Then now you can draw a cube. Oh. I remember. Yeah, I remember as a kid. I I remember had... all the cubes I've ever seen. <laughs> I had a cube once. I, I, remember, <laughs> I remember as a kid, I had a... I remember as a cube. Tiny little toy, which was meant to be like a toy welding gun. Like, it was meant oh, to be yeah. like, oh, you've got like a little construction set. Like, oh, you know, you can build. And okay. it always drove me mad, absolutely mad, that like, on the box, there was pictures of like someone holding like this toy welding gun. And you could put like a little plastic rod in it as if that was like welding filament plastic. or something it sounds a bit like this pen yeah, and then it, like it and would you, heat up the plastic yeah and then you'd like kind of like point it at the thing you wanted to like stick together 
let's right. weld two bits of plastic together. And then on the little photo on the box, it showed like a line of like fake plastic weld going down. Right. And I was like, oh, this is amazing. Like, and the, the <laughs> thing would generate sparks. Like it had, I don't oh. know, it had like a little like device inside it, which would make it look like, oh, it's, it's working. But of course it didn't do shit. It didn't do anything. It was just a toy. And even as a kid, I think that's when I knew everything was a lie. And we were just like these hollow shells of empty promises that would eventually just die at age six. Because this bloody thing was like, well, it just doesn't do... such a load of shit, though. Like, to actually show it almost doing that thing on the box and then to just not even slightly do it. And I, spent... I don't think they'd be allowed to do that now. I think trading I think standards would. would have them now. And as yeah, much false advertising. As much attention as I could de- devote to anything of that age, I spent ages trying to work out what I was doing wrong. Like whether yeah. if I whether if I flick some magical switch, it would suddenly become an actual welder. And yet, thinking back, it was a toy for like a six year old. Like how the hell would it have There's no way. Yeah. No way no, no way on Gog's green earth that that would have had a heating element inside it. So the whole thing's a lie. The whole thing is a, a terrible sham. It's an outrage. Well, John, uh, little John would be happy to maybe see that this thing exists because it's the closest thing. Well, no, it lies. It there lies are no the sparks. As far as I know, no sparks fly out of it. It lies in the exact same way, though. They, the ads, like one, one of them, she knocks a mug off. Uh, the table, and there's this huge chip out the side of the mug, oh, yeah. and so she just draws back and forth and fills the gap in with filament, and then I she thought, drinks out of it. I thought, yeah. I, I, thought gonna, I thought you were going to say like she knocks the mug off the table, and she goes, "Oh no!" and then very quickly draws a net under it before it hits the ground. <laughs> <laughs> is that'd be amazing? Is this the same pen? I think I've seen some like viral videos of a guy who goes around town, finds a, a a brick wall with a bit of a hole in it, and then he puts like a toy in the hole oh, and God. then makes like a, using this pen, like fills in the hole in the wall. And you, hides a toy in it. Yeah, you both have very well, blank like, faces. What's the, po- what's the point see. of that? Well, that's art, that is. Well, it's not, is it? Can you? I know, I know what art is. Do you? Oh. Wait, what is sure, art? Whatever. I'm fascinated. Tell me. Yeah, what's art? Oh, it's um, it's one of them. It's like a picture, isn't it? Oh, okay. What it's about like sculpture? someone drawing. Someone draws a picture and it looks good, isn't it? In it. What about sculpture? No, that's not art. <laughs> that's not art. Cool. <laughs> no, you could just you could just put something in a mold, couldn't you? I guess you could. Like, you've got job me there. done. Plaster, plaster of Paris in a mold. Well, that's what you used to do. Like it, like it, like a mug. You used to kind of put stuff in a in a mold. Now you draw it with a pen. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, done. Yeah. Yeah. People who and used probably... to use clay look like bloody idiots now. The amount of plastic this thing must go through is honestly, honestly, it's an outrage. Is 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 a is a three D pen is this the equivalent of um those gummy lip sweets? Where it's kind of like the sweet with a with a hundred and one uses. One hilarious substitute for your own lips. Mm-hmm. Keep going. <laughs> Two. Oh, excuse me, I'm needed in the basement. So, so um, what yeah. what is your hate in particular? Simply that it exists. It, no, I don't mind that it exists. I I think when it was first invented, all those years ago when I first saw it, it was very much marketed as a toy and it was a novelty and you just mess around with it. Maybe draw a stick man or draw a cube or whatever. And it's like, oh, fun for 20 minutes. One of those forgettable toys. But now 
they're being marketed as genuine tools or, or, or like things that problem solve that can actually help you, but in mm-hmm. ways that are so unbelievable. And I think it's the lie. I don't mind the product itself, that it exists. That's fine. It's the lying nature in how it's presented. Like one of them, he, he's lost one of his shoes, right? So he draws, oh God. he draws over a shoe. So he creates a hollow casing, essentially, no. in a shoe. And then he puts that on his other foot and goes out. Yeah. What the hell? Like, no. And it looks really bad as well. Like, you see it close up <laughs> as, if they, as if they think that, that it actually looks great and that they want to show you it in high fidelity because look how awesome this fucking yeah. thing is. And it it's looks, bad. It looks how a child would draw a shoe yeah. in real life. <laughs> But yeah, extant in reality, it's horrid. It's horrid. The lies are horrid. Can you think of a good use of it? Like, like, say you had one. You just had one in your pocket at all times. Because um, I'm what, struggling. So if, what? So if I'm out on the street or something? Well, yeah, everyday life. Like, I'm what is the room now? I, think. I have is... an issue with the product itself in that I think it's completely useless. I don't. I don't see how it would help me or anyone ever. It's, it's, it. It just sounds. I don't, like... I, don't, I don't think I can be any clearer than that. It, it, <laughs> and I won't. I'm kind of in my head. I'm putting it in the same camp as like um, when you go to a hobby store and there's always like a something advertising like miracle sand. It's the mm, sand. Yeah. You, it's the sand you put in the bath and then it comes out completely dry. And that's always like, oh, that'll be fun for little Timmy. Let's get him that. It'll get hours of fun out of it. Like this is the thing, but isn't barely that just one sand? hour. Well, no, because like you put you put. All right, okay. You put. <laughs> the point is that like you put sand in water, and then when you take the sand out, you now wet. have wet sand. This is a yeah. magical hydrophobic. Oh, so it's, it's instant drying sand. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Okay, fine. I good. mean, I have played with miracle sand, and it is kind of like, oh, that's cool. But once you've done that once, that's that. Do I don't like. I don't like sand. It's rough and coarse. And it gets everywhere. Thing is, I, I I'm not a religious man, but I do wonder if the phrase, if the uh, adjective "miracle" is maybe thrown thrown around a bit too liberally nowadays. Like <laughs> sand that dries itself is quite impressive. Is it is it miraculous in a biblical sense? No, probably not. As the not. Lord stepped in, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. I'm not that impressed. As the Lord playeth with a cheap sachet of powder, he bought from the corner of home base. <laughs> Lo, he dunked his hand into the bathtub, and it was dry, and it was good. I never that that is somebody's life work, though, isn't it? That is somebody's, like, oh, I invented quick-drying sand. Well, it was probably, like, all these sorts of things are invented by accident, aren't they? He was probably trying yeah. to invent cereal, or, like a new cereal. Yeah. And, and he came up with dry, instant miracle dry sand. He's like, I can market this. There are idiots out there that I can market this to. No worries. The thing is, you're talking about like, oh, there's a chip in this mug. Thank God I've got a 3D printing pen to fix it. That's how Wh- they're marketing it, yeah. I mean, I mean, admittedly, a new mug costs like a pound and this pen well, I, 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 Yeah, exactly. But... I would argue it's cheaper and easier to just buy a new mug. And probably better for the environment. Yeah. Also, I cannot begin to describe how hot this pen gets. Like, yeah. you can... <laughs> It gets hotter than our pyro string, okay? Like, this is but there's absolutely no way it would work. There's no way it would work more than once, and that's only if you don't touch any of the plastic with the tea. <laughs> I there's a guy who repair. This isn't a joke. No word of a lie. 
There's a guy on the internet who has repaired a sink using Weetabix. Yes, I've seen oh, that. Oh, I see. Yeah. I've seen that, yeah. Yeah. And the people use, like, dry noodles to, replace, to repair toilets and things like that. Although, yeah. to be fair to both of those, the noodles and the Weetabix, they use a lot of other materials as well. <laughs> it's a, they, use use a lot of, they use a lot of yeah, <laughs> a 3D a lot of cement. There's a huge amount of glue in there. There's, there's a huge yeah. amount of varnish and polyfiller. And, you know, if, and if then anything, by then, all use... the noodles has gone. <laughs> yeah. If anything, they use more products than they would if they didn't use the noodles. <laughs> They have to because they have to compensate for the yeah. structural failing of noodles. <laughs> Come on, we've yeah. got. There's got to be one between us. We're smart. We're we're smart people. <laughs> we're smarter than this. How do we happen? Okay. We're smarter than this. Between the three, between the three of us, we should be able to work out like one practical use. Um, or if you, could, yeah, if you lost a string on a tennis racket, you could probably put a new one in. And have a very brittle, a very brittle. Yeah, it wouldn't, it wouldn't last very long. (laughs) But it would be there. You could, you could make another three D (laughs) pen. Ah, well, you're getting into some big questions about technology there. Like, yeah, thank you. What if you have, what if you have a three D printer that prints a three D printer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they get smaller and smaller and smaller. But then, but then. And faster. Surely they've they've <laughs> made contingencies for that kind of thing. Well, and by the time ooh. you've done it, you've wasted enough time and enough money that you might as well have just bought another one from the shop. Yeah. I always think people who like, oh look, look what I did with this three D printer. I printed oh another three D printer. Yeah, but in the time you spent to do that, you could have been living your life. I mean, I, I mean, I'm not going to go after three D printers now. Chris, like that's not, that's not really where this this hate was. No, no, I'm just go. I'm going after people no, who no, waste no, we time are, with 3D. Yeah, printers. we understand. We understand, Nick. You hate progress. We we, we get it. <laughs> yeah, I just I just suddenly feel like uh, sort of Chris went off on a slight rant about 3D printers in general. There. Uh, just oh no, I just I clarify. just don't like people. Oh, I see. No, that's fine. That's fine. There was that guy who well, you can print your friends. I I um. Oh God, I think it's in I think it's at the Victorian Albert Museum in London, but. I think they always have like a, a contemporary history exhibition. So they always okay. have like stuff from like two months ago, which was notable and it keeps changing, which is quite fun. And we walked around that a few years ago and they had the, um, of course it is. I think it's called the Liberator, which was the yeah. the 3D printed gun that a guy a guy designed. Oh, yeah, the plastic gun. Yeah. Yeah, then then they 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 shut it down. Can't think why. But um mm. I think all you needed it was like if you it would just build a gun from scratch and I think the only thing you needed to add was um like a nail for some reason. It just needed like one piece of like metal in there. Right. But, well, there you go. Yeah. You can't make a friend, can you, with a 3D printer? Well, not, no. not, not a real one. Not with that attitude. No. Speaking of attitudes, I'm going to go get another beer. And I don't plan oh. to edit this in post. So um, you two okay. talk talk well, among yourselves for a couple of a couple of minutes. Should What should we... Oh, he's gone. He's should gone. we uh, move on to the next hate or should we continue slagging off people who use 3D-related items? Um, how complicated is your hate? Not very. John... Okay. I say you start on that, and then okay. John has to catch up. John yeah. can catch up, and we won't tell him what I'm actually talking about. Exactly. We'll go from there. Yeah. 
That would be right. a fun game. Okay, fine. So you remember when we used to be allowed out of our houses? Uh, yes. Vaguely. I think. And, Vaguely. And I, it's a distant memory. Distant memory. And we were able to go to musical concerts and gigs and that kind of thing. Um, yes. And when we were at those musical concerts and gigs... The, the act we were watching used to go, Hey, everybody, put your hands up. Put your hands up. That. That, you, is, my, that you, is my hate. You hate that. What do you, I, what hate do you that. I hate I hate it when you're at a gig and the musician you've gone to see tells you what to do. <laughs> I've, okay. not, I've, not gone, I've not paid to be here to be bossed around by the likes of you. So everybody, put, I mean, everybody, put your hands up. Everybody on my left, scream. Everybody on my right, scream. Don't tell me what to do or how <laughs> to have fun. I'm come to watch you, not have to do stuff myself. Yeah, this is your job to entertain me. Why do yeah. I have to do? Things? Why am I doing the work? But also, this from a man who who has gone on record as saying he doesn't like music. Correct. So not only so, <laughs> so we've established you don't like music and you don't, I don't like, like music. You don't like being don't... told how to enjoy music in a group setting. Exactly. I don't I mean, like I don't like the organized and structured fun around that. It's like when they hold the mic out. I was about it's to like, say well, I've that. not I've not come to hear these people sing. No. I've come to hear you sing. So these people get on are with much it. these people are much worse, I think, overall. Yeah, than, oh much than you. you especially on, on average, much worse. <laughs> yeah. Overall. Uh, and definitely in volume, much, much I mean scientifically they're worse. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I remember a story about, um, I'm not sure I was, I can't remember if I was at this gig. It was at the Isle of Wight Festival, so I don't think I was. And Why Jesse, are you at gigs if you don't like music? Oh, uh, <laughs> I just go to be socially accepted. Oh, Nick, cool, right. why, why, why have I seen at least 10 football games when I don't like football? I mean, Fair play. A powerful re- rebuttal there. Love yeah. it. I, uh, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, and Jessie J was performing and she had like a leg cast on or something like that. I can't remember. Oh, um, okay. Something like just that. Just for fashion. Yeah, hey, for remember, fashion. Remember Jesse J, reasons. everyone? Yeah, Jesse J. She's still Jessie around. J? I don't remember. Um, and she was going, right, guys, right, I'm going to stop the gig right now because I need your support for something. Something that's really important. I'm, what? what I'm about to do, I've never done before, but because of my injury, I have to do it. So I hope you guys will back me. What, sit down? I, <laughs> she goes, <laughs> I'm going to use a microphone stand for the first time. Really? And she wants, I want your backing because I'm so nervous about this. Oh my God. It's like, that's, that's annoying. Just shut up and sing. <laughs> <laughs> that was you <laughs> from a I mile should, back yeah. in the crowd. Yeah, I probably would have been me, but I feel like, I, I can't remember who it was, but someone told me that story. And just I just thought, that's exactly sing. what I hate about that kind of thing. That I go, I turn up, I pay my money, and then they tell me to sing to them or they tell me to put my hands up so they can enjoy it more just they're trying to they're trying to involve it. you chris they're trying i don't to want to be involved i've not come to be involved in something i've come to watch this person live so i can be socially accepted and pretend i like music to people who don't know me better how would you feel if when you went to a gig and i want you to really think about this and answer this truly and honestly okay fine if everyone in the crowd just stood stock still and just stared at the stage <laughs> and just and just and just listened <laughs> um i yeah i think i'd feel all right about that <laughs> so, I, I, like you can applaud after a song uh, yeah <laughs> not obsessively, like, not cheer, obsessively. cheer after a song go oh that was good jolly good uh, Excellent work. But I, I don't. I've not come here to to hear Dave from Huddersfield sing. 
No, sure. I don't want to hear Dave. Okay. He's, he's really bad. Actually. And I've not, I've not come to be told to put my hands in the air like I just don't care because I do care. Yeah. It's kind of. Have you ever? And I, if I want to put my hands in the air, I'll do it because I want to do it, not because someone yeah. is telling me to do it. I'll do it because I care. Plus, I'm also endangering my hands because that's flight path of birds up there. So potentially, yeah. I do really care about that. I could rip a muscle. Yeah. Putting have my you, hands in the air. Have Have you ever just gotten so caught up in the moment that you find yourself kind of doing it anyway, despite your better judgment? No, because I think I look like a pillock if I put my hands in the air. What What's What's good about that? Well, yeah, but you'll I've, be. I do it now. I'm going to do it while air. I'm talking. It hurts my I've shoulder. I've put my hands well. in the air at a gig. I've I've done a bit of like yeah, just pumping one arm like yeah 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 man. I just it's not for pumping. me. It's I'll do it me. because I'm doing it because I want to though. I'm not doing it because someone's told me. To there you go. I'm doing it because I want to. Well, that's yeah. the difference. You you should you should be able to do what you want to do at gigs. You shouldn't okay, have so... to just celebrate and he goes oh everybody on my right sing everybody on my left sing everyone in the middle and then you have to try and beat someone in the middle <laughs> section and it's like oh why am i why have we brought a competitive element so what is should it just be a basic watch is it and go okay if it happens spontaneously like if you moved by i don't know the lord and savior you mm. want to start you know waving your arms around sure that's okay um, i think that i feel like that's okay because i've made the choice to do it yeah, you're on okay. your I, I, you pay your money, it you takes your choice. But if That's you're true. the only person doing it, if someone else spontaneously felt, uh, no, that's that's, that's you acceptable. know the urge. That's okay. So it, it, but if, it, like, if say Ed Sheeran goes, ah, oh, guys, I'm going to play my new single. It's called Emotionless Husk. Um, <laughs> um, and he just goes, right. I want everyone to put their hands in the air for this one. Why? Why should I? I want you all to clap along to the beat. Let's get this going. Yeah. Woo! No. Clap. I don't want to. Clap. Come on, Chris. Also, I can surely... see you're not clapping. You're the only one out there who's not clapping. Yeah. Come on, Chris. That's fine. I just, I'd just, i be like, no, I'm all right. I'm Come fine. on, Chris. No, I'll get, guys, get a spotlight on him. Guys, he's not clapping. I'd be like, music no, I'm all, I'm music right. cuts out. Stop yeah. the music. Stop the music. No, no, I don't yeah. give a shit. I don't give a fuck. Stop the music. So, hey, hey, man. What's your fucking problem? All right. <laughs> Everyone's having a good time. But does that not does that not just make me look weak willed if I then give in to this this peer pressure? You'd be like, all right, mate, chill out. <laughs> I'd just be like, no, I'll go home then. <laughs> Maybe you better like, have. Yeah. And then they all they all everyone in silence. They do not restart the gig until you've left the building. Okay. They wait until you're completely out the door. And then well, that's fine. Right, but... Well everyone would be filming it on their mobiles anyway. Because that's that's And you'd be a viral sensation then. You'd be a viral sensation. Yeah. They'd be like man refuses to clap. to clap in rhythm. <laughs> From um, age. <laughs> it's kind of it's kind of the power of the crowd can be quite kind of hypnotic though. It, you can get kind mm. of swept up in this stuff despite your better judgment. Definitely. At uni, uh, I remember there was this God. There was this club. I can't remember what the club was called, but on Monday night it was called Zangzibar. That was like the big, grimy night that everyone would go to. And I remember one night the the Venga Boys played. (laughs) um, Nearly died. There was a mosh at the Venga Boys. Um, Amazing. And before, and I know I know it's on the tip of your tongue. No, I don't believe any of the Venga boys were the original boys. I think. <laughs> <laughs> I the think. Um, boys. I think they had some new Scandin boys, um, wow. and good. also Timmy Timmy Mallet did a night. Okay. 
Remember, remember Timmy Mallet, everyone. I remember Timmy Mallet. Yes, I do remember. T- I, remember I remember his mallet more clearly than I remember him. Actually. I used to have. I used to have a cuddly mallet. Timmy, Timmy mallet. mallet. Yeah. So yeah, uh, Timmy Mallet. To anyone who's not familiar, and frankly, to anyone who is familiar with him, because it it requires explaining. Um, he was an entertainer. Yeah, for lack of a, I mean, he was a um, what's it called? Variety act, let's say. Yeah, let's say yeah. that. Yeah, and he, thinking back, he was very popular with young children, but he was mm. he was kind of like a kind of like thirty, forty year old kind of like balding guy who just ran around with a pink cuddly hammer and hit people. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah pretty much. Yeah. So anyway, so Timmy Mallet, whose heyday is charitably behind him um is clearly uh, 10 years ago he's doing the 14 years ago he's doing the university circuit, t- circuit. yeah he's hitting all these grimy little clubs and you know it's like some <laughs> warm-up dj and it's like oh it's 11 p.m on a monday and out comes timmy mallet it's like, yeah! and everyone's just like losing their fucking minds for timmy mallet <laughs> at 11 p.m on a monday in leicester and everyone's going like yeah fucking timmy mallet and he comes out. These were the days, weren't they? He's a day, and he's doing all the hits. He's doing um, the theme tune to his show. I he's don't doing, know that. He's doing itsy bitsy, eeny weeny, yellow oh, polka that, dot yeah. bikini. And God knows he'll do it again before the night's over because he's only got like two songs. And he goes, and he goes like, Way! and he goes, right, everyone. He goes, I want all the, I want all the ladies in the house. Oh yeah. To lower one strap on their top, uh, uh, and we're like, ooh, uh, and 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 they're like, ooh, and and they're doing it, and he goes, right, and I want all the fellas in the house. I want you all to roll up one trouser leg, and I'd already bent down <laughs> before I thought to myself, no. <laughs> Why am I doing this? No, Timmy, Timmy. told me to do it. No, Timmy, I won't. Um, but I bet, I bet, ninety-five percent of the people in there did it. Yeah, I think there that's you a, go. Why? That's my point. Because yeah, because the thing that got me wasn't so much my own personal shame, which was real and palpable, but but also mm. the fact that like I'm surrounded by guys who are now reaching down to roll yeah. up one trouser leg. It's the power. Yeah. It's the power of the crowd, as you say. I was at a gig. Um, I went to see the Scar Band Goldfinger. Um, who were like a, a band I loved as a kid and they were playing at Glastonbury and I was now an older man and I thought, hey, <laughs> that'll be a fun bit of nostalgia. I'll go see Goldfinger again. And uh, no, see the first time actually, I'd never seen him before. Um, and I, like, I was on my own because everyone else who I was at Glastonbury with had gone to see their various things. So I was just bopping away in the crowd. Yeah, this is good. I remember this song. And then he does this thing where he's like, right, I want to create a gap down the middle of the crowd. I want everyone on the left to push over on the left-hand side. I want everyone on the right to push over on the right. And then I want you to look at each other and like stare across the gap at each other. And I was like, all right, it's a bit, it's a bit weird, but I guess we're doing it. Oh, no, it's all happening. We're doing it. Okay, doobie-doo. And so there's this big like canal width gap between the two halves of the crowd. And then the front man of the band just yells, no charge. And I was just like, uh, what? <laughs> and everyone else was just sort of like, um, you, um, uh, what? <laughs> But then they did, because as you say, because it's the crowd and we did it. But we all just sort of like ran and then slowed down and then just sort of met gently in the middle, very gentlemanly and like, hello, yeah, cool. Well, I guess the song can uh, crack on now. It was really weird. I think he thought it was going to be some like medieval war scene, you know, when the two armies clash on a battlefield. But it was just, yeah. 
a load of middle-aged people going, what happens now? <laughs> was the music building to like a particular kind of crescendo? I think or? it was. I think it was, but he paused to, to give us all the instructions. So I think the drums were just going and he was just like, come on, come on, you get on the left, on the left, yeah, you get on the... You know, sort of like trying to keep the energy up, but it was a bit like, we we're all a bit like, we were having... We were having fun before, though. Yeah, so. exactly. That's what I mean. You don't need to be told what to do <laughs> by someone who, frankly, has no qualifications with which to order <laughs> me around to have often, a better time than I was already having. Yeah, I often felt that the best, uh, you know, the best jokes are the ones you need explaining, and the best, uh, best songs are the ones that require someone standing nearby to tell you how to feel. Exactly. Mm. Yeah, they are. I how believe. do How do you feel about a band which has, you know? Uh, a vocalist, a uh, guitarist, a drumist, a guitar, you know, another guitarist, a bass, got it all. Yeah. And also a hype man. Oh, yeah, the hype man. <laughs> how, how, how do we feel in general about the one guy who only gets to shine at live gigs, who is useless when they're recording? I mean, but- I'm guessing he's not even part of the band, is he? Like, yeah. when they're recording, it's not like they invite well, you to just, like, look over the... the presumably, the it's, it's a glorified roadie. Yeah. Well, I'd say Exhibit A would be the Happy Mondays. Yeah, I was about to say the Happy Mondays. And Bez. Yeah. Who... <laughs> um, <laughs> Bez. Bez is such a hype man name, isn't it? Like, <laughs> when they name their son, and like, we shall call you Bez, and yeah. you shall be a hype man. <laughs> Because of course, <laughs> but I feel like that was like a badge of honor, like back in the day. You know, oh, like, you'd have your band, and then it's like Skaggy Pete, and he just <laughs> he just gets out there, tears it up. There's a there's a line in Peep Show. There's a line in Peep Show where Jeremy's trying to get in Superhands' band, and he speaks to someone in the crowd, and he's like, "Oh yeah, I just I try and get the vibe of the room and get people going and all that." And the person goes to him, "Oh, like bears." He just goes. No, not like Bez. <laughs> Nothing like fucking Bez. <laughs> so Bez is, is his own position almost. He's, yeah, everyone knows what Bez is. You can but be your Bez. But it's kind of amazing, isn't it? Because like, there are ton- like so many bands out there that have built a legacy, maybe on being more of an experience rather than being kind of like, say, yeah. technically good. Like, sure. oh, there's that band, like, they're not going to reinvent music, but God knows they're good to watch live, you know. And then 30 years pass and you've got like all that nostalgia. And now they're like old men who kind of like still aren't revolutionizing music, but are like, oh, God, they're still a good time, you know. And like they're competent. God knows. like They've got some songs. They can play guitar. They can sing. And then there's a Bez. Like, it's just and then one... there's a Bez. I mean, like, being... just walks around the stage with his arms like this. Well, he had um, his his thing was a couple of maracas, wasn't it? Yeah. Like, kind of. Yeah. It's like well, we... Slipknot. They they had about seventeen band members, didn't they? And like twelve of them were just for throwing <laughs> barrels into the audience. Like, and one of them like bit the like head Donkey off. Of... Kong. <laughs> yeah, but they just had these barrels like kicking around. It's like what? <laughs> You're not getting Princess Peach today, motherfuckers. Bonk. Did you say like having one guy, one guy whose only, whose only talent is that he can eat spanners? Well, <laughs> <laughs> if someone goes up to you and goes, "Oh, Owen, what? Do you, say you don't know this person. What do you do for a living? Oh, I'm in Slipknot. 
Oh yeah. Oh wow. Oh, what oh, cool. do you do? What, what instrument do you play in Slipknot? Oh, I chuck barrels off the stage. Oh, I'm no, I'm one of the many barrel guys. You know. <laughs> oh yeah, because it's like it's there like more what of do you them. Do? Yeah, what do you do? Oh, I, I I chuck barrels at the audience. He goes, oh, you're the barrel guy. Well, I mean. One of a team. And then they go, I'm, and then they I'm go, one of them. They go, I, mean, I, don't like be- I don't like Bez. No, not like <laughs> Bez. They don't like Bez. Bez has never lobbed a barrel in his life. <laughs> I'd love to see Bez lob a barrel. Jeez. Uh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, no. I remember... Oh. I remember reading, reading about. I can't even remember his name, but call him a musician is maybe charitable. He was more like a kind of like shock performer, mm. and he'd come on at like two in the morning, like these all night kind of raves where it's like, oh, the crowd's getting a bit, the crowd's getting a bit. You know, they're zoning out a bit. We've got to wake him up again. Yeah. And he didn't do music. He just come on stage and like hammer nails into himself. What? It gets the people going. Whoa! I remember like reading this review of his gig and then an interview with him afterwards. He said he'd come on stage, he'd like nailed a plank of wood to his hand. And the crowd the crowd took against him and started like storming the stage. And it ended with him fighting off a crowd with an angle grinder. <laughs> Just covered in blood, and it's like smash cut to the pub. I think I went well. (laughs) Get back! Get back, (laughs) you savages! God, I wish I had some barrels. My so my Um, point is overall. Yeah, I don't mind what you do at a gig. I just don't want to be told how to enjoy what you're doing. Fair enough. For future reference, please, artists. Okay. Uh, I've um I've got a hate. Oh, go on then, John. Very well. I hate um <laughs> I hate twee supermarket novels about growing up in the old days. <laughs> and I okay. think and I think the root the root of this problem can be laid at the door of uh call the midwife. Oh yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Never watched it. I understand it's a pretty popular BBC show. Is that correct? That's, it's on the it's I on think, the BBC. I've never, I've never watched it either, for the record. Okay, no, so uh, it's about a, a simpler time when good, honest people had good, honest jobs, and we were at war. Oh, and I mean, even, oh. <laughs> yeah, and even everyone, though everyone was better off in the middle of the war. I mean, things were simpler back then. I mean, yeah. I know, I know, you could die at any minute from polio or you know, a bomb. Well, you knew how many eggs you get every week, assuming yeah. the ship came in. <laughs> assuming you didn't lose the little book, which main little book of yeah. paper vouchers, which maintained your right to have basic, basic <laughs> food. Um, and as long as you didn't wrong Jerry, who lives up the road, then you'll be su- you'll survive. You'll see through a week. Don't wrong Jerry, though. But it's like. On the one hand, it's like, okay, it's an accurate, semi-accurate, okay, kind of accurate portrayal <laughs> of, like, life in a different time. And, like, we all like a bit of nostalgia. We all like a bit of, ooh, ooh, wasn't life different back then? Ooh, it's so interesting. <laughs> but then it's, ra- it's wrapped up in this 
oh, for lack of a better word, just twee mm. bullshit, which just makes it so kind of like cute and 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 like oh oh this is so cuddly oh oh it was all it was all so lovely back then and oh they had hardships but they all came together in the end and oh it feels it feels inherently a British thing yes and, I, and, I, and I'm sure lots of other people other countries maybe have their own like version of this and we just maybe don't see it because we're not as like familiar with their culture or, or, or whatever but it does feel the certainly the twee aspect of it and they're like oh dig for victory and pull together and you know hard times and oh everywhere was uphill and you know oh <laughs> you know, uh, you know bug, bug yeah. your thumbs you know whatever Ooh. it is like <laughs> but, but, but this is my thing like okay so but if if one person did this and i think uh call the midwife is based on um a, a book based on a book Sure. But then, of course, you get the law of extrapolating financial returns where people, where it's something like, oh, we need another book. And then it's like, call the bin man. So it's like, it's like, (laughs) then it's like, call the midwife. Then it's like, call the midwife again. And then it's like, call the midwife. We need her. And then it will be like a midwife Christmas or like, you know. Um, and then finally, the last one is too many midwives. <laughs> I'm not even pregnant. Um, Stop the midwives. Stop it. I know it's just like the midwives back, are taking over. I feel like back in the day, you know, we talk about like um, airport books. So it'd be kind of like, um, oh, you've, you've got to catch a flight in a few minutes. What's what's the nearest piece of shit I can just grab to read? And it And it would be very, very stereotyped and it would be like for the men it's like um action point and it's like SAS agent Daryl Thrust has got two minutes to save the prime minister using only a rope ladder and his ingenuity you know and then it's but then you know but then it'd be like and for the ladies and it would be like a gentleman inquires and it would be like um <laughs> Penelope Bodice. Carmichael's mysteries. <laughs> yeah, it, it would be like it would be like you know, oh, a bit of romance and a, oh, a bit of a bit of you know intrigue. Intrigue. Uh, and and it's like the unbuttoned tuxedo. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing. But then there would then it's like okay, if there's one if there's one Dirk Thrust book and there's one like the gentleman. It was Daryl Thrust. Darryl, if there's one yeah. Daryl Thrust book yes. and then there's. You know, um, the Cummerbund mysteries or something like that. Like, <laughs> fine, classic. Fine. But then every opportunistic bastard out there goes, "Oh, I smell a quick buck. I'm going to write one, and I'm going to write one, and I'm going to write one." And before you know it, you have an entire row, an entire aisle in Tesco's, which is nothing but shit. Is nothing <laughs> but like the literature section of Tesco's. It's just a hundred and one and versions of the same damn story where the plot is always weren't things better back then <laughs> like we all had rickets but god damn it it was so simple um, we were so vitamin deficient but everyone was mocking together and, and, and everyone I swear, was happy because nobody was on medication every... <laughs> <laughs> but, if, but it's like you'll know him when you see him and I swear now you won't be able to not notice them, but they all have the same cover. Oh, yeah. yeah. And the cover is a modern-day actress 
clearly a modern day actress because you know she doesn't have her legs aren't bent because she doesn't have rickets. You know, like, <laughs> clearly a well a well fed vaccinated modern day person wearing period clothing with a mm. slight sepia filter over top, yeah. Yeah. and then a and then a and then a, a title which is written in like a curling font and it's something like uh, oh the oh, absent sock oh. A t- <laughs> A terrorist love affair, or something like that. Like I've got like some examples here. It's like they're written by an algorithm, right? It's, yeah, it's they like, probably are. They probably are. It's so cynical. So you got like you know, call the midwife. Great. Someone else goes, oh, midwives, right? That's where the money is. The German midwife. Oh, oh, here we go. oh interesting. Bonus points. Sepia tinged woman. Just put a stock image of a plane up above. Ooh, the war. Ooh, love. Love in a dangerous time. Um, We have farewell to the East End. In the Are these these all from the same series? No. Is this from the same shared universe? (laughs) The expanded midwife universe. Um, (laughs) The MCU, midwife cinematic universe. (laughs) Shadows of the Workhouse. Ooh. Oh, oh in, what does it in, mean? In the midst of life. Oh my god. In the midst of life. I mean, that means nothing. I'm surprised there isn't just one called isn't, the yeah. good old days. The secret, the secret messenger, a novel. Oh. The silent woman, also a novel. The by a different, by a complete. I'm looking at the covers. That now. doesn't sound like a good book. If well, you're silent, you'll just have to trust me. I'm looking at three book covers now. We've got The Secret Messenger, The Silent Woman, and The Berlin Girl. They are all by different authors, and they all have pretty much the exact same cover, Yeah, which is a sepia-tinged woman with her back to the camera walking into a black-and-white photo of a bygone age. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, a, I agree with you. It's garbage. A Woman's War by S. Block. In, in the dark, in the darkest days, comma, they'll find their greatest strength. Oh, that does uh, sound like it was written by an algorithm. Yeah, the wartime sisters. Oh, that's one. There's one. Yeah. Surely, thing is, I would imagine listening to the titles of these books that they've already been written many years ago, rather than I... being written recently. Yeah, no, I, I mean, you know, you or know I'd imagine these are these are encroaching on copyrights from from many years ago. In many ways, they say that there are there are only seven stories, and that any story <laughs> that's, that's written is is one of those. But in this, they take it to another level, and it's like they literally just do write the same story yeah. over and over again. Yes, I yes, I I would maintain that maybe nobody on the planet has read all of these books, and that there might actually only be seven novels, and Indeed. they're just changing the title. Doing finding um, the place. If you remember, way back I did a hate, which was similar to this, but not the same, where I talked about um, novels that I found on Amazon that were like cheap, kind of semi fantasy, semi erotic um, novels about werewolves and vampires and, and, and women falling in love with them and everything. And there was an acronym, which was something like HEG, which was Happy Ending Guaranteed. And it's right. like these, these books are marketed to be non challenging. Like, that nothing is going to like test you or, or or put you on edge or elicit any kind of emotional response because that it's okay. This this has a happy ending, so don't worry. If it, things look bleak, 
in the second act, that's fine. It's going to resolve in the third. Don't worry about it. Don't worry. And I feel like these are a little bit like that. They're just like cookie cutter books. That's the thing. I, I, yeah, exactly. And I don't, I don't want to be the guy who's going like, you can't enjoy them. You're not allowed to enjoy them. <laughs> I just mean, it's that's what people at gigs say to me. <laughs> right. You're not allowed to enjoy this book. I don't. Now put your hands in the air with the book. Yeah. I just, I find it incredibly cynical. Because I somebody did it once, and then four hundred people copied them. Yeah, and then the moment the thing is, you just gotta, you just got, you just need a hook, like anything where you can emit. So if you're like, okay, I want a, I want a nice little Bunsen burner. I want like a series which is gonna make me money for years to come. On the what, reg. Yeah, what's the hook? What's the thing that keeps it going? Midwife. You've, got, you've, yeah, midwife. That's the thing. You need that's your hook, and the question should always be. Can you inevitably put the word Christmas into the title? Yeah. And then you can do a Christmas one as maybe book four or five in the series. Yeah. The cr- yeah. So it's like Christmas Wartime Sisters. <laughs> at, at Christmas. Yeah, it would be. Yes, exactly. A Christmas War, you know, or. Yeah, uh, but they would have the subtitle like of the Midwife uh, series or a Midwife yeah. novel or something, you know. So, you know, like, uh, Midwife is such a good example, but Workhouse Perfect. is another one. Yeah, like, or. <laughs> You know, it's like uh, the first book would be called like uh, a workhouse romance or something, and then it would be like back to the workhouse or <laughs> I can't escape the workhouse. Someone a, locked the workhouse. A workhouse. Let Christmas. me back in the workhouse. <laughs> a workhouse midwife. Yeah. A reprieve from a workhouse. <laughs> The but it's like, you, but then, then, they turn, then they, it's like everything they take them on location. It's like the midwives abroad. Yes, the midwife, the midwives on holiday. The midwives god, at yeah. sea. Yeah. Yes, at the sea. The midwives at sea. Yeah. Oh my god, that's yeah. how you get an eighth book out of a series. Yeah, you go go to the ocean, get a boat out, get your boat out. Midwives in space. Midwives in space is yet to go. be written, but I was just going to say that is inevitably the tenth. Installment in every series. It's like the future. And They've travelled to the future. Space. Yeah. And now they're in they space. Step through, they step through a rift in time and they find themselves in a the modern day on board the Challenger Space Shuttle. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh God. No. Oh, no. <laughs> and look, That's a bad and look one. one of the astronauts is giving birth. <laughs> to a baby in a tiny spacesuit. How adorable. The end. Yeah. Happy ending, guaranteed. Happy ending, guaranteed. If there's ever... If there's ever a, a scenario on film in which somebody gives birth in in space, if if the launching of the baby is not used in some way to propel them towards the control panel, which yeah. saves them from re-entry, oh, that I, would be I, such an epic scene. I, I, yeah. I don't want to know about it. I do <laughs> yeah. not. I do not. That must know be out there it. somewhere. Anyway, I can guarantee that that has never happened in, <laughs> in film or novel storytelling ever. John has invented something there, which I'm desperate to ha- have happen, but it hasn't yet. The baby's, hasn't fir- the baby's first act is just its hand reaching out and it just presses the big red button. And it just... <laughs> oh no! And that nobody else for some reason could reach at all. Yeah. And, they, and it, saves the, it saves the day. And everyone says the baby's a hero. I mean, Hollywood, you can't see me, but, you know, I'm ringing. You know, should ooh, be listening. Should be I mean, the, the, after, the aftermath of that for the baby is is years of depression, but but we don't but have hey, to worry about that. The movie's ended by then. Happy ending, yeah. guaranteed. So, exactly. Yeah, it's all good. 
Um, um, I've got a love. Give us a love. I'll give you a love. Do you remember, um, like Chris's, uh, we used to do stuff outside of houses and, and stuff. That was cool, right? Um, yes. Well, I remember, because I caught this on YouTube, it just came up for some reason. It was a compilation of um, <laughs> all, the, all the excessive and over-the-top um, things that IMAX does to, to explain before a film that this is going to fucking blow your mind. <laughs> right. So it's like, like, if I remember rightly, the most recent IMAX, like you, you're, the movie will start and it's like, you've had all the trailers, you've had all the ads and it's like, now it's time to advertise IMAX to you one more time, despite the fact that you're in the cinema and you can't get out and you don't want to leave because you're ready God to watch you, the film. God knows you've paid for it. Yeah, and these colossal chrome letters, yeah. I, M, and A, and X, just descend from, like, the atmosphere, and they re-enter, like, the Earth's orbit, like, just on fire, like, heating up super metal, and then they slam into, like, the United States. It's like, boom, like this, and then there's, like, a countdown. It's like 10. At least three flies. people run out of the theatre. <laughs> <laughs> like, the number 10 just comes over a mountainside and smashes into like a 747 and just annihilates it. And then a number nine comes like, out of a volcano, like chased by a dragon. It's like, we're counting down and it's going to be massive and epic and insane. And this, like, this experience is going to fucking break your eyes. Like, you're done. You'll never see anything like this. <laughs> You'll I never see it. anything again. <laughs> You'll never see, like, this is cheap laser eye surgery that's going to fuck you up. I love it. I love how over the top it is to sell me on something I've already bought. It's so <laughs> fucking great. So yeah, that's it. That's all there is to it. And it counts down and the, the noises are so loud. It's like the Dolby, you know, remember the Dolby surround mm. ads? And it was like a helicopter flying through a city and it would like smash through a skyscraper and the camera was just going insane. Yeah, just so excessive, but brilliant. You see, I don't, I don't think I've ever actually seen a proper... IMAX. You have. <gasps> I've been to the IMAX with you. Have you? Have you? We, have see, we saw Infinity War in IMAX. Actually, we did, John. We, we did. We saw Infinity War in IMAX. Did yeah. we? Yeah. We did. We definitely we did, saw John. it in IMAX. IMAX 3D, we saw Infinity War, for sure. Mm. I'm, I'm not 100% positive about that. Wait, Abyssinema? Yeah. Yeah. Our cinema's got one IMAX screen. Yeah. We, and, we, and we were in it. We were, we were inside the screen. Well, we weren't. We were in the auditorium watching I've, the screen. I have apps. The number, the number five fell on your head. Yeah. And exploded into yeah. shards of glass and bats flew out. It was I, insane. And, and, Christopher, <laughs> and Christopher Nolan walked up and punched me in the face. Yeah. I, I, he opened I have... his mouth to the Inception horn just like... <laughs> 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 so, like, regardless of what IMAX screen you're currently watching a film in, the four is always delivered by Christopher Nolan. <laughs> he just walks in. He's carrying his a mouth. <laughs> it was, he always comes in just exhausted from the last one he walked into. Yeah, I've come all the way from Birmingham to screen the number four at you. <laughs> four! Right, I'm done. Here's, right, where's where my check? Next? Oh God, Doncaster, Jesus. <laughs> I am a... Side note, I am a little alarmed that I have absolutely no memory of yeah. watching Infinity yeah. War in IMAX with you yeah. both. Definitely. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I'd forgotten we'd seen it in IMAX until until Chris just said that. But uh, we definitely did see it in IMAX. I, I is this that. for Mandela yeah. effects? Are we being lied to? <laughs> like, I'm, I, I'm pretty sure we did. I'm almost positive. As positive as I can be with my own memory, we saw it in IMAX. Yeah. But I either saw, way. Um, I saw Dunkirk in IMAX. I saw Dunkirk in IMAX. Yes, that was, that was very. We, well, good. we were in the same screening, but we didn't realise we were we were there. 
That's and then right. we saw each other afterwards. We were like, oh, hello. That was, but good, that, that, was yes. that was ridiculous in terms of immersion. I do I love s- an IMAX, but I love being shouted at by IMAX even more. Yeah. I love being in the screen next to the IMAX and <laughs> feeling, hearing, and occasionally smelling the IMAX coming through yeah. the wall next to me. Well, even, even better is being next to the 4DX uh, screen, the one that literally does what it can to hurt you physically with <laughs> punch, punches. It's such a crock of shit. Like, <laughs> I've never been to a 4DX. I don't think I ever will either. Oh, Cin- I have. <laughs> cinema and television have been around long enough where the human brain can clearly cope with seeing images on a 2D screen. It's like, I don't get it. The picture's moving, but I'm not in it. But I'm I can't, not. It's not real. I don't have to, I can't enjoy this fiction <laughs> at all. I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know where these companies feel like we're lacking in immersion and that they have to keep adding what they think is more immersion. Like, it's fine. I'm When I'm watching a film, I forget about my job. <laughs> I forget I'm a human being. The thing is, I, I don't actually I want to feel like I'm being shot at. That's the that's the no. difference. I like to, yeah. I like to watch films, but I don't actually want to sit there thinking, "Fucking hell, am I being shot at here?" <laughs> like there's well, a gun, there's there's a gunfight on screen, and there's like a, an attendant in the corner with a BB gun. Just kind of <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Where does it's it end? Christopher Nolan. Where, where does it end? It's Christopher Nolan screaming four. He's back. When you're walking home after the screening, you go, Yeah, that was alright. I don't think it was worth Oh god, he's back. <laughs> <laughs> Just sprinting down the high street, <laughs> carrying a screaming for BB gun in hand. Uh, yeah, well, I, it's, it's, it's a job. I remember seeing Iron Man 2. The Iron Man. The Iron the, Man. Iron Men. Steve um, Ironman. The Iron Bros. On an IMAX screen, but it wasn't IMAX. Oh, okay, how sense. disappointing. Because it has, to be, it... it has to be filmed in IMAX to give you the full IMAX experience. Yeah, I think it does. Yeah. So we, yeah, we went to see Iron Man 2, but it was just big. <laughs> like, just big Iron Man. It's just, it's just big. It's just a really big, big screen. Rock. Perfectly enjoyable, but just like, you know, wow. big. There you go. Shall I give you my love? Go on. Uh, yeah, go my, on. my love is encountering strange people on holiday. Okay. Or, okay. More accurately, sort of overhearing and chatting to them, knowing knowing that there will be no long-term repercussions. Haven't... So they're, they're people from your country that you've met in another country? Um, not necessarily. Oh, okay. okay. So I'm talking, so I'll give you an example. I've got a few examples. My first one is in New York. Oy. So as soon as we arrived in New York, we got herded onto this um, little shuttle bus to, that would drop us off at various points around New York at our hotels. We'd mm. never met any of these people before. They weren't on our flight or anything. Um, and we were just waiting for the last people to get on. And this sort of, not old, but let's say late 60s, woman in the late 60s gets on. Um, and she started chatting and I helped her get onto the bus and whatever. I helped took her walking stick and I, I, I wish I hadn't stolen, stolen it now but there you go <laughs> um, and we got talking her name was Margaret de Bender and she was okay. from Virginia that's a fake Virginia. name yeah. yeah well that's what she claimed anyway um, Margaret Fakeston so we yeah my name is Margaret <laughs> Fakeston Wink um, <laughs> Fakeston Wink it's hyphenated <laughs> yeah 
And she started <laughs> talking about, we were like, oh, how was your flight from Virginia? Blah, blah, blah. She goes, oh, well, I slept for the whole flight from Virginia. She said she was used to be a nurse and she had access to these uh, these drugs that knocked her out. Wow, um, wow, wow. But she, so she was like, oh, yeah, so I, so I take these drugs just before I get on a flight and then I'm just asleep for the whole flight and I wake up and they're non-addictive and, and, they're, and mm. they're absolutely 100%. <clears throat> and she falls asleep mid-conversation. Oh my god, that's fantastic! And, it, and we were on a, we must have been on this bus for a half an hour, maybe, maybe forty minutes. She fell asleep during mid conversation each time, about six times. No side effects. And then and then just and then just woke up and carried on the conversation. What really? What, yeah, how, was much, crazy. how much long later? Like a few minutes later? Like yeah, probably about ninety seconds to two minutes later. She would just wake up and carry on like where she'd left off. This is what? the best thing you've ever said. Yeah. It was it was so weird. I kept looking at Liz, going, "I don't know. Should I just carry on, or should I, should I, should I, you know, talk about what I was actually talking about, or in go back moment, to where I was?" In the moments when she was awake, did she have like a handful of pills, and was she kind of like just? She what? wasn't what? at the time. She wasn't shoveling pills into her mouth like Tic Tacs. No, <laughs> at the time, anyway. I mean, there was one in there was one in Canada when we were on a boat, John, going to Vancouver Island. And we we were waiting in a queue um, for our lunch. Yeah, and yeah. Because the guy in front yeah. of us, the the woman behind the counter went, "Oh, hi there. How can I help you?" And the guy, honest to God, just yelled, "Soup!" <laughs> <laughs> and that was it. That was the whole conversation. Didn't miss a beat. Yeah. Didn't miss Oop! a beat. And I mean, honestly, you talk you talk about moments that define your life. Like we still talk about that quite we regularly. Still, we still like God. That was. 2007 or 8 yeah. so just a, man, just a man yelling the word soup into the face of a customer that assistant you're still talking about him yeah. to this day like he, has he no could be idea. anywhere he has no idea i mean I, su- I suspect i suspect he's not around anymore to be honest the, the age he was but you never know and his heavy reliance on soup i yeah. mean that's not yeah. that's not a man in the prime of life i um i, I remember getting a getting a bus from uh vancouver when I lived mm. in Canada, getting a bus from Vancouver to a little town in literally the arse end of nowhere called Penticton, just miles out. It was it was a long, long journey. It was like an eight-hour bus journey. And uh, I remember on the, getting uh, uh, getting stuck next to this guy on the way back. I mean, you talk about the joy of meeting meeting strange and wonderful people, but I think he was just so happy to have someone to talk to. <laughs> And he was talking about like, oh yeah, you know, back in the day, I used to organise parties, you know, you know, he's like, he's like, you know, oh, you know, I used, I used, to, you know, I used to get what the clients needed, you know, you, you know what I mean, you know, you know what I mean, hey, hey, you know, you know, girls, yeah, girls, you know what I mean, it's girls and drugs, but you know what I mean, yeah, yeah, I do it, yeah, I was like, oh great, yeah, cool, cool, nice, yeah, do you want a wine gum? Yeah, it's cool. No, yeah, well, no worries. So I'm gonna, I'm just, gonna, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Sorry, no, I'm just gonna, just gonna put the headphones in. Don't mind me. Yeah. And uh, then we didn't talk for seven and a half hours because, <laughs> God help me, that was enough. The reason, the reason that I sort of thought about it was because we were away over the last weekend before the country locks down again, um, and we were on a barge. We went on a barge just for a little oh, boat, nice. little boat trip, just and there were the these two elderly ladies on there. Um, sure. I'm talking ancient, um, okay. and they were just they were just chatting away, oblivious to everyone who was pretty much just eavesdropping on their conversation, just going, "Oh yes, well, 
I don't know. I, I think I'd like to be buried in a, in a willow casket, because that's what cricket bats are made out of. And they're very strong. And then the other friend was going to, well, I might like to be cremated, because it's supposed to be better for the environment. Oh, is that a heron? <laughs> and that was that the conversation went on like this for about an hour and a half, and everyone on this on this barge was just laughing, listening to them. Uh, so it just made me it made me think about the good. the impact of just listening to and talking to strangers when you're in the ran- most random of places. It's quite good fun so, sometimes. I'm f- I'm fairly certain on multiple episodes your hate has just been people. Yeah, it's nice to yeah. have a, a change of pace and say I do love people sometimes. But so, are you saying the context in which people become enjoyable is when you're on holiday and you're not going to see them again? Yeah, pretty much. Basically. Oh, okay. So yeah, you know that that this you will escape this. The only the only bearing they will have on my life is as an amusing story on the podcast. And there, there they go. They fulfilled their function. And I think that I think that's all people can ever be to me. (laughs) It's. You raise it. You raise. You raise a good point. You raise a good point. Thank you. Mate, I thought so. I, uh, I remember on on um on our honeymoon, we went to a uh, oh, I can't remember. It was it was a nature reserve kind of thing, and halfway through our kind of walk uh, around the nature reserve, a guided walk, uh, the heavens opened, and I've never been that wet before or since in my life. And I shower every day. Like that. That like that went like to <laughs> the soul. Nice. Like everything, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, I take care. Um, absolutely drenched, and afterwards, kind of, uh, kind of like trying to dry off in the uh, kind of public toilets in the in the guests in the gift the gift shop sort of thing. Uh, buying like a t shirt with a I don't know a a kiwi on it or something. Just you know, so you got something dry to wear. We met um, an amazing Australian couple called Phil and Viv. No. And they were, you know, just one of these weird things where this couple, you know, these people you're only going to know for like a couple of hours, but we hung out with them. They were really cool. And of course, we've never seen them again. Never will. It's so weird that you met an Australian couple on your honeymoon yeah. because we met an Australian couple on our honeymoon. Oh my goodness. <laughs> wow. It's... Who would think you would meet a couple from the Southern Hemisphere during your Southern wow. Hemisphere honeymoons and how many australians are there like two yeah like there can't be more than two two though right well they didn't they didn't used to let australians out of australia they do now yeah either way pretty crazy i've got a love oh (laughs) yes i love uh computers that play chess and associated games, and the shenanigans that arise as a result. Ah, do com- do okay. computers get up to many shenanigans? Well, let me tell you. Okay. Uh, so, uh, for a long time, long, long time, it was seen as like a real measure of artificial intelligence, whether a computer could beat a human at a game, like a board game. And of course, if they didn't pick like Monopoly or anything, they were like chess, like chess, the beautiful, the beautiful game, you know, like uh, this epic battle of of wits. Only, only a human could master chess, surely. Mm, Yeah. Um, And then I think in like, I was, I was, I've been reading about this, and then I think in like 1997, I think it was, uh, Deep Mind. I think I've got that right. 
deep blue deep blue yeah no yeah sorry deep mind is a different thing so this supercomputer called deep uh deep blue battled gary kasparov at chess and beat and beat him at chess and it was like oh this big turning point well the thing the thing that's really cool is they reckon they reckon that chess isn't actually that complex enough to be a true test. And there's a ancient Chinese game called Go. Oh yeah. Uh, which is basically uh, not massively familiar with, with it. I think Nick, you're actually a bit more familiar with it based on what you've taught me. Yeah, I haven't played it. Well, I think I might have played it a long time ago, but I, I've watched um, I've, I've watched videos about playing it. Yeah. Well, it's this big. It's like a grid, and one person is white, one person's black, and you put t- you put these little stones down. Yeah, eat one look at exactly a t- the same. There's no yeah. like different pieces like in chess. No, one at a time, and you're trying to like enclose bits of the board in your color. Claim territory, as it were. Okay. Anyway, like it, 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 it's basically like there's more combinations of pieces on the board than there are stars in the universe. Like it is. <laughs> It is infinitely complex. So, anyway, there is an amazing documentary on YouTube. You can go and watch it for free. It's on YouTube. It's great. It's called AlphaGo. And it's about this computer program called AlphaGo, which, ah. was, which was built to play Go. And it's oh. about... This is like from 2017. Like, it's quite recently. But it's about... This computer program called AlphaGo fighting the South Korean <laughs> champion of Go. And, <laughs> and, and it's like, and you think like, oh, it's just Go. Who cares about Go? A lot of people care about Go in China and South Korea. Like it is massive. And it's such a good documentary because like they have this, he's like, he's like the hero. He's called like, um, Lee Sedong, I think his name is, and he's currently he's like a ninth Dan Go champion, nice. and he's like thirty or like late twenties or something. Unassuming looking guy, speaks very 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 softly, like speaks very gently. But he's like this Go this Go genius, and he's 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 a national hero. He's like oh, I don't know David Beckham or. That that Rooney fellow or oh, something, yeah. Like, just, yeah, yeah, just like what, like just a superstar, an absolute mm. superstar, and it's this big televised event that he's going to fight AlphaGo, and 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 beforehand he's like, oh my god, yeah, like this will be so easy. He goes, uh, I cannot imagine that a computer program will put up a fight. This will just be. He was trash talking know, a computer. He's trash talking the computer. I mean, you got, yeah. you got, yeah, you got to think about what you're doing there. Yeah, and yeah. it's the it's the best of five games. It's the best of five games, and this is being like televised across China and South Korea. They're Businesses pla- stop cars. Yeah, yeah. no, street, you joke, but... you joke, but they're playing it on big screens on the side of skyscrapers, and people are watching it. Oh my god! And they're like, yeah, this is going to be easy, absolutely easy. And the AlphaGo kicks his ass. Yeah, like it, <laughs> take like that. Alpha, in the first game, like AlphaGo destroys him, uh, and and it is is literally as high stakes as the Premier League. Like it's not even close. Like it just annihilates him. 
And then it's like big press conferences and they're like, and he's having, to, and he's apologizing to the country <laughs> saying like, you know, I failed you. And and it's just, it's such a good documentary. I don't want to give too much away because he, he goes back and he, you know, he, he kind of like, he, he's best out of five and everything, but it's just so interesting. It's just so good. Like, and you're following like the team who built the program. So they're kind of like the heroes of the documentary, but then they're after a while, they're kind of like, Wow, we we also feel a little bad because hmm. we thought this would be close, and we're actually kind of just <laughs> just smashing him, to bits. destroying him, and he's like the best player on the planet. But okay, I'm, I'm I'm full on spoilers, but like he does something amazing at one point. Like he doesn't, he's getting his ass kicked, but he does this one thing which kind of causes AlphaGo to go crazy. Like AlphaGo, AlphaGo con- cannot confuse. <laughs> Why was I programmed to feel pain? <laughs> <laughs> and AlphaGo can't handle it. And in the control room where they're running, they've got AlphaGo on all these computers, and they're like, "Oh wow! Like, did did it break? Did something go wrong? How did he get ahead of it?" And they're like, "No, he didn't. The thing is, like, AlphaGo is programmed to predict like a thousand different moves that people might make and to like respond to them." And, oh my god! But the fact is, they're like it can see every possibility, but it doesn't. But then it knows like, well, this is most likely, and this is impossible. And it's like he made the one move hmm. which AlphaGo had said was a one in ten thousand nice move. He did something. He basically did something kind of stupid and unpredictable just to throw it off. Well, it was kind of brilliant what he did, but like AlphaGo was like, that is such a a, a random, crazy move that nobody would really do it, so I'm not going to plan for it. Uh... And he did it. And it, it's kind of amazing. It's like it's like human humanity versus uh, something which is in, infinitely smarter than it. And it and it, it's just... I just love it. It's just, it's just so That's cool. That's so cool. That's very cool. It's a it really did... good documentary. You should watch it. It's an hour and a half. Maybe it I'll does listen. sort of uh, potentially. This, this is the story they'll tell when we're living, you know, in the desert wasteland and the robots have the cities now. <laughs> and they'll be like, Do you remember when we invented AlphaGo? That was a fuck up, wasn't it? Oh. You mean Supreme Leader AlphaGo? <laughs> sorry, sorry, sir. Sorry. <laughs> and life would be much, much easier if we'd been able to save even some of the children. <laughs> Anyway, games of Go. Anyway, yes. I'm sorry. Massive digression, but that is my love. It's on very YouTube. Good. Go watch it. Alpha Go. It's very... It's, right it's it's more fun than I've made it sound. It's a good documentary. <laughs> I think, I I think you're being harsh on yourself. Yeah. Absolutely. Anyway, what do we think won? Love or hate? Um... Whew. I forgot what my hate was. Oh no, I remember now. That, <laughs> it's been that such a memorable pen, episode. That fucking pen. I'm I'm gonna go for hate. Hmm. Hmm. I'm gonna be controversial and go, go for love. Actually, okay. I have a light. See, I have I a might, lightness of spirit. I might surprise you here. <gasps> oh yeah. And go for love. I think. <gasps> just because. Just because I still speak about Margaret Debender, and I wonder what she's up to. <laughs> 
you only met her last week. Yeah. No, Margaret Defender was New York. That was two years oh, ago. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I enjoyed the sound of Computer versus Man, The Road to Victory. So they were. Uh, I did. I did it also very much enjoy the loves, but um, it's just that fucking pen. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. It's fine. Everything, everything's under control. Yeah, it's, like, it's going to be fine. And then whatever Nick's love was. Well, what was Nick's love? IMAX intro. Oh, yeah. I, liked, <laughs> I like IMAX. There you go. And, it, and just think, Nick, if you had a one of those pens right now, you could mm. build a very small and lonely tower on which to die on. <laughs> okay. Nice. <laughs>